Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode number 567 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell and today my guest is Allison Goodman. Her new book, The Benevolent Society of Ill-Mannered Ladies, is out this week and you are definitely going to want to read the book and also listen to the episode, which I'm presuming you're going to do because you're already here. Hi. So we're going to talk about her book, but also about writing female forward action scenes, which is one of my new favorite things to find in romances. We also talk about her recently completed doctorate, which was in historical fiction research methodology. So, you know, Come for the Regency Spinsters, stay for the deep dive into research. This is a very fun conversation, and it's fitting because this is a very fun book. I want to say a very special thank you to Yasmin, who is the publicist who made this happen. Yasmin, your pitch was truly diabolical. Hello and thank you to our Patreon community. Hi, folks. If you are a member of the Patreon, well... Thank you. You're supporting the show. You're keeping me going. And you're making sure that every episode has a tasty, tasty transcript hand compiled by Garlic Knitter. Hi, Garlic Knitter. I have a compliment this week, which makes me so happy to Kimberly K. There are currently four different creative projects in progress that were inspired by your kindness and your friendly nature. If you would like to join the Patreon community, it would be most excellent if you did. And every pledge is so very deeply appreciated. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. This episode was brought to you in part by my favorite nerdy vitamin, Ritual. Perfection is impossible, so let yourself off the hook with Ritual. Ritual knows it's almost impossible to get every nutrient you need 100% of the time. So they've made a multivitamin that helps you complete any gaps to support your health. As I've said, I am extremely a set it and forget it kind of person. I like solutions that are easy, that I can trust, and that I don't have to think about. I really like Ritual because I never have to remember to order more. And I know what each ingredient is and where it came from and why it's there. Inside the Essential for Women 18 Plus, there is a traceable supply chain. 
There are nine key nutrients in two capsules per day with a unique beadlet and oil formula that is patented. The Essential for Women is also one of the few women's multis that is USP verified, meaning what is on the label is what is in the formula. It's soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. I like my nerdy vitamin. Instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. Great news. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Sarah to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. Support for this episode comes from Honey Love. It is wedding season and barbecue season and lots of gathering with people season. And the time has come to do all of this as comfortably as possible. Whether you are the bride or a guest or looking for an everyday fit, Honey Love can be your new go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized their design technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating. And they've revolutionized the bra game, so you no longer have to deal with uncomfortable underwires without sacrificing support. I am all in favor. We have an exclusive offer just for you. Get 20% off your entire order with the code Sarah at honeylove.com. You can support haha, the show by going to honeylove.com and using code Sarah. Now, I really like my Honey Love bra. I am wearing it right now. I never have to think about it. I never have to adjust it, pull the straps, move the side because the wire is digging in. None of, none of that. No wires, just comfortable support. And I really like the Liftwear tank, which is so supportive and comfortable. There's bus support, again, without an underwire, and the fabric is so soft. The quality of their products is outstanding, and the details are so thoughtful and logical. You will feel incredible in Honey Love. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with code Sarah. Use code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at honeylove.com. Support for this episode comes from Headspace. Taking time for myself and quieting my mind, which is so noisy, can be a real challenge for me. But if I have learned anything in the past few years, it is how much my mental well-being needs to be a priority. Headspace is a tool in my daily routine that I value so much. When I take a few moments to focus on myself and my breathing, I find that I'm often feeling more tranquil in a situation that would otherwise really knock me off balance. Headspace helps improve mental well-being through guided meditations, mindfulness practices, breathing and calming exercises, and so much more. These tools can help reduce stress, boost your mood, and help you sleep better. My favorite section of Headspace is called Focus. There are playlists of about 45 minutes to an hour of music to listen to that, you know, helps me focus. It's in the name. I especially like how relaxed I feel after listening to one of them. Headspace has helped me and more than 100 million people worldwide. They can help you too. Listen up, you do not want to miss this. I have arranged something special. For a limited time, all of you can try Headspace free for 60 days by going to headspace.com slash Sarah 60. You won't find this offer anywhere else and you must use my link H-E-A-D-S-P-A-C-E dot com slash Sarah 60 to unlock all of Headspace free for 60 days. This is not something they normally do. Headspace.com slash Sarah 60. Okay, are you ready for this interview with benevolent, ill-mannered ladies? Let's do this on with the podcast. My name is Alison Goodman. Um, I'm the author of eight books so far. My latest is The Benevolent Society of Ill-Mannered Ladies, which is out 30th of May. Um, But I'm also the author of the Dark Days Club trilogy, which I like to call Ooh, uh, Pride and Prejudice meets Buffy. All right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and also Eon and Eona, which um, were, uh, were a New York Times best-selling duology. And it's a kind of a cross-genre. So I like to write many genres. I like to mash them. Um, I'm from Australia. Um, I have uh, just finished my doctorate. Oh, hey, congratulations. Thank oh, you very diggity. much. Yeah, Dr. L now. Um, and <laughs> that was in um, historical fiction research methodology. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's my kind of specialty. And, um, yeah, uh, I will travel a long way for a good afternoon tea. I believe that's- it. Okay, now I have so many things to ask. Um, I want to start by asking you about the Benevolent Society of Ill-Mannered Ladies. And I have to tell you that your publicist, Yasmin, emailed me back in January when the ARCs and the digital galleys became available and said, I am thrilled to share that this spring, Alison Goodman makes her Berkeley debut with an action-packed, fiercely feminist historical mystery series with high society spinsters who use invisibility as an old maid to solve mysteries and protect other women in Regency London. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) To which I replied, listen, listen, I have a to-do list. I have things I need to do, Yasmin. And then you send me email (laughs) like this and I'm like, well, I don't think anything on my to-do list is all that important right now. Holy cow, you really do like to combine genres. I I do. I I was telling my husband when I was getting dressed this morning, you know, about the interview and he's like, oh, tell me about the book. And I was telling him, he goes, wow, that's your catnip, huh? Yeah, yes it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) So how do you describe this book? I realize I've given Yasmin's pitch, but is that pretty, in your opinion, a pretty accurate description of what's going on here? I mean, how many genres did you combine? Yeah, look, I I think of it as a serious romp. So there's there's kind of feminist themes, um, but they are intertwined into adventure and mystery and, 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 you know, and humor as well. So I was trying to kind of write my own catnip uh, yeah. in that sense, you know. It was kind of like I wanted to, yeah, I love the Regency era. It's one of my favourite historical periods. Um, I think of it as like the 1960s of the early 19th century because it was such a action-packed, uh, yeah, 10 years really um, or just short of 10 years. And um, I do like to mash genres and, and, and it's got the kind of, um, um, what would you call it, it's got the adventure that I crave, it's got that kind of, um, female and, and I actually have been, it's been called female forward action scenes, which was kind of like surprising to me because I'd never heard that term before. But yeah, it's where the, um, the, the female protagonists are driving, driving the entire story. Which I think is a sort of a new, a new and emerging trend in fiction. I've seen it in contemporaries. I've seen it now in historicals. I am entirely all for it. Mm, because mm, I mean, yeah. let's be honest, women who are dismissed as too old to be valuable are the ones who actually get things done. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to be able to use that that kind of old maid, and I put those in inverted commas, old maid invisibility, that so-called invisibility, that kind of ability to just be dismissed, um, to be able to to slide through the, that kind of um, the cracks yeah. um, of what everyone else is doing and saying, well, this is, you know, we're going to pull other women out of perilous situations. And that's what Lady Augusta Colebrook and her sister, Lady Julia Colebrook, do in the novel. One of the things that I really like about this book, and when I do an interview, I try very hard not to spoil. So if I give any examples, it's always in the first two chapters. Um, One of the things that I like about this book is 
that it has a lot of unique characters, but it also has a very unique story structure. There's like, a, it's almost like three acts. There's three cases that they take on with an overarching story. What led you to that structure for this book? Was that also character driven? Well, it's interesting because um, I, the first two stories um, were part of my PhD thesis. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to, to challenge myself to write novellas right. um, that were complete, but also linked. Um, and then with the, um, when I wanted to think, when I was thinking, well, novellas, although they are a fantastic form, they are not quite marketable yet in today's um, um, publishing world. So when I put forward the, the project, um, it was suggested that I write another novella to make a no- novel. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, it's a, it's a great structure. I really enjoyed the structure, but it's, it's, it had a lot of headaches associated with it because the overarch, yeah. <laughs> the overarch has to feel like a novel structure, but each novella has to have its own structure within that. Yes. So that kind of like, you know, three separate structures and then an overstructure, which, you know, was, um, was quite uh, a challenge to handle, but I, I loved it. I love that challenge. So that's why it has that structure. I look, I'm not, I'm not going to, um, you know, obfuscate either, um, you know, it falls into three very nice television <laughs> structures as well. <laughs> Hello, out there. Um, but you know, it's hey, um, speak yeah, it into being, speak it into existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. ready so, for yeah, adaptation, uh, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and interestingly, the the um, follow up, um, I've decided to again change it up. Yeah. Um, just to make things more difficult for myself, I'm only doing two larger novellas. That to create the over with the overarch as well, so it's kind of like just trying to challenge myself, but also create that kind of pace. Yeah, 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 and also it's a it's a bit of a kind of tip the hat at the Conan Doyle yes. structures as well. Yes, mm. absolutely, and it and it allows for the immediate peril to be addressed in a way. I'm trying to avoid spoilers. It, it, it allows for the immediate peril of the situation that they're dealing with to be addressed in a cohesive way that doesn't drag out where you're not like anxious for these people for too long, but then it leaves enough undone that you're like, okay, but what about that part? Absolutely. If you, if you lose the emotional through line, I think you'd lose the book because yeah. really we're on an emotional, we're on an emotional journey. Um, yes, there's fun and games and there's lots of, you know, action and there's, you know, blunderbusses and all that kind of stuff. But it's all about the emotional through lines of each of those characters, those main characters. Um, and we have, a, it's an ensemble, well, it's ostensibly a Garza story, but there, it's almost an ensemble as well because we have some some other very important characters as well. Yes. Mm. Now, and you, I, call, I, call, I call Gus, Lady Augusta is Gus, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Now, you, along with Gus and Julia, are tackling ageism in the Regency era, which is something that is, alas, still with us. How did ageism function in that time beyond the spinster level? Yeah, look, you know, it's um it was a it's a lot more overt. Yeah. I mean we have it very much in our society as well. Oh, just um, a bit. but it was yeah, it was really, you know, women had a specific role. And this one we're talking about um, middling, which you call the middling to upper classes. Um, you know, lower class women were working. They were 
scraping out a a living, you know, Mm -hmm. but the middling to upper class Regency woman was expected to marry, she's expected to produce children, and then she was expected to slide off into the background to become a grandmother, a dowager, um, and to step aside for the the younger generation. And, And any other options were very limited. It was you became a governess, you became a burden on your family. <laughs> you became a um, lady's companion. Or a lady's companion, a paid companion. And those were really the, the only options, really, um, for someone who was respectable. I put, again, that in inverted commas, um, because the idea of women working was anathema. Yes. Um, and um, it... It really limited, obviously, it limited a woman's ability to to create a livelihood for herself. Yes, and for her to work would be a violation of class. Yeah, it would be a violation of class. And and if if it. anything, if anything, you know, England at that time, um, and I won't I won't go into the next bit of that. But England at the time was is a, is a class island. It was an island of class. You know? I think it, it still of- is. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> I, I, I think I think yeah, it's yeah. still alive and well. <laughs> it's very much there, you know, and um, and they and to be very important because I think that both Australian and um, American societies are very much we take um, social mobility for granted. Yeah, there was no social mobility. You know, you were given your place in society by God. And that's where you stayed in yeah. the early 19th century. That was the belief. Yeah. Um, and to actually be, move beyond that was to go against God. So you can see that the and you know, you can see that there was many, many constrictions on people moving beyond where they were. Yeah. And that's a that's something that affects Gus in the story. She is also harboring a a, a crisis of faith because she doesn't necessarily believe in a benevolent, caring God anymore, even though that that religious element to their class is very present and requires, you know, go to church, be seen, be social. The church element of, of class and society is very much present in her life, and she feels very ill-fitting there too, which is really heartbreaking to read. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's um it's interesting because when I'm when I look for the threads of, of character. Because writing a an early nineteenth century woman, the mindset probably is so far from our own now because of just the way society has has developed and history affects us, and even just the way that we are nourished, really, because we are we are, we live longer, we have other expectations in in the world. So trying to get into that that early nineteenth century mindset, I I follow threads. Because I want my characters to be accessible to my modern reader, mm-hmm. but still have that authenticity. Mm-hmm. So when I was thinking about Gus's apostasy, I thought, well, is that reasonable? Is that feasible for me to write that character? Because I wanted her to be an outsider to a certain degree, because the outsider has a has a more um objective look, if you like, of of her of her own society. Yes. Um, and what I found, of course, was that atheism was on the rise then. And in fact, Shelley, the poet, was expelled from university in 1811 for writing about atheism. Yikes. Yes. Um, so those are the kind of threads that I look for so that I can get those kind of modern 
modern ideas and modern thoughts and modern values into into my characters uh, who are, are based in the early 19th century. Wow, that's really interesting. Laura, who reviews for me, um, to add yet another continent, Laura is in South Africa. So we're going to try to involve people from every continent in this, in this podcast. <laughs> um, Laura re- read this and has reviewed it and absolutely adored it. She adored this book. It, it just absolutely lifted her, her whole month. And she wanted me to ask about Gus and Julia's brother. Um, because he is sort of cast as their foil. He's the voice of society around them telling them, you know, everything you're doing is inappropriate and wrong and you should stop. Why would you, why did you choose a family member for this role and not someone outside the family? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I did this because there's there's a it's a really good question. So thank you, Lara. That I mean, and thank you very much for 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 you know liking my book so much is lovely. <laughs> um, but um, I did that because they are obliged to listen to him by the precepts of that society. He is the head of their family mm-hmm. because he is male. He is the heir to their father's estate. Yeah. Uh, and so, and he's also um, familiar bonds were very important. Connections, yes. family connections were extremely important. So, I felt that you know he he has to be someone. Or what was needed was someone who they had to listen to, even though they didn't want to listen to. And even though, I mean, Gus had some very strong views about her brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a few. Even, yeah, even if uh, even if they do have those views. They are obliged to receive him. Yeah, uh, listen to it. So that was part of it, but also um, just to see the inequity in that family. Yeah, um, that was set down by law. Yeah, um, and and also the dynamics of of a, of a woman in a in a family who was more suited to to the role that her brother. Has to, has taken, yeah, and how that affects her as in, in her in her character. 
Oh yeah. What, what that does to her. So, um, you know, and, and I've, you know, I've, I've always had a lot of fun with Duffy. Um, that's their, their brother Duffy. Um, he, he's a, he's a fun character to write. Um, and he is representative, I think, of all the pomposity. Yes. He takes himself <laughs> extremely seriously. Oh, yes. He's, yes. <laughs> now, I want to ask you more, if you don't mind, uh, about your, about your PhD. And you said you, your PhD is in the methodology of research for historical fiction. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I zeroed in on a particular kind of, um, historical fiction research, which, um, is, I call it kinesthetic research, but, um, people can also call it immersion and things like that. Um, and, um, or walking the ground. That's yes. another way of talking about it. So it's, it's about going to the, the contemporary site right. of your historical setting and literally walking around. Um, and um, trying to uh, absorb the sensory information and the spatial information and also the emotional and political um, um, senses of, of a space because every space that we go into has these layers in them. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, just in walking down the street there are, are – ways of, of walking, you know, that would have been different in those days. A woman would never have been on the outside of a footpath. A man right. would always walk to protect her from the splashes from the horses and the carriages and right. things like that. Um, there were spaces that women were not allowed to go, you know, and that were things like um, St. James's, um, uh, there's a St. James Street, I think it's called, or um, but that's where all the men's clubs were right. at that time. And to be seen going into that area was to be wanton. Yeah. Brazen. Yeah. I did my research. Yeah. Or most of it. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And suddenly the assumption that I'd made for my PhD was that one can always travel. One can always travel internationally or domestically shut down. It was just no, this nope. is this is a privilege. This is a huge privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, ha- I needed to work that into my thesis about how how this. I mean, the research itself is privileged because um, you know there's a certain amount of um, ableism in there. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, financial outlay. Um, there's also a confidence outlay as well, in the sense that you know, if you if you are starting out as a writer, you may not feel confident enough to go up to people and ask for information and things like that. So there's a whole lot of areas um, that I needed to address that that COVID brought home to me. Wow. Um, yeah, and um, and I was able to also interview a number of historical fiction authors about because they the people who use this methodology why they use it um when that when there's a plethora of internet um resources that people can just use like google maps and things like that right um so yeah there's this kind of there's also a respect aspect yeah to the methodology an honoring of the past and of the people of the past yeah uh, so yeah so it it was a I, I, I mean, I know that a lot of people, you know, are, are often kind of, um, have a horrific time during a PhD. I had a ball. I <laughs> <laughs> PhD. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, even though I was in lockdown, Melbourne, where I live, 
had one of the longest lockdowns. Oh, it was long well, and it was intense. I have friends in yeah, Melbourne it and it was, intense. it was, yeah. it was no joke. Yeah, it was intense. But you know, here I, there I was paddling around happily in my, in my Regency no, um, novel and my research. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I was, um, I, I, yeah, that, that time was, although intense in many different ways, it was also an intense creative period for me as well. And a wonderful so. escape too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I managed to get most of my research done. And what I didn't, I was able to use as a, a counterpoint. Uh, what happens when you can't get to the place that you wanted to walk the ground? How does that affect your writing? So yeah, it was it was great. So how did you manage that? I mean, I know with with Google Maps, you can like land yourself in a in a virtual area and walk down a street. Yeah, but, yeah. But you're also yeah, writing about things that don't exist anymore. Like there, are, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are no. Um, thinking of an early example in the book, Vauxhall Gardens doesn't have any remnants of itself, does it? Is there anything left of it? Interestingly, um, there is a park where some of Vauxhall Gardens were. So Vauxhall Gardens was a great pleasure garden. Yeah. It was quite large. Um, and where Vauxhall Gardens now sits, um, I believe MI5 there, <laughs> the building, uh, that kind of stuff, you know, why not? Story checks um, out, why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? It was um, a lot of things going on under cover of darkness. It fits. Yeah, yeah, it fit. yeah. They, they just slid in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah the the most um, non secret headquarters in the world, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, the the Vauxhall Gardens area does have a park, but they've also rebuilt the orchestra tower. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you sort of get a feel for the kind of you know, that's what you go, well, that's what walking the ground or kinesthetic research is about. It's about casting your mind and uh, through your character. So that's the main thing is you are casting through a, a character. So that is a, like an embodied character in that space. Yeah. So I, I would walk that, that area thinking, how would Gus walk in this area? You know, she, and she's considerably taller than I am. What does that mean? She's she can't go here, but she can go there. What would she be thinking? Yeah. yeah. So those are the things that are running through your mind, and it's quite a, a quite intense experience. But yeah, um, very useful. Mm. That's fascinating. So, what did you do to do your research with COVID and not being able to travel? What were some methods you used? Yeah. Look, you know, it's um, it goes back to books. Yeah. Books. 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 Looking at at pictures, maybe finding someone who's there on the ground who can do things for you. I, I did feel that I was I had to work a lot harder to get the descriptions yeah. for those areas that I hadn't been to um as much. That I'd I'd been to most of the areas, but I'd only been there prior to the idea for the book. Therefore I hadn't been embodied in the character when I was there. Yeah. So I had to rely on my sensory experiences, not what I would had been imagining through a mindset. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it felt like there was a lot more to do around that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more work to build that sort of deep grounding in that particular yes. reality. Yeah. 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 So what are you working on right now? I am working on the second. Yay! <laughs> second ill-mannered ladies book. Um, and that's coming along very nicely. Thank you very much. Yay! Um, um, the title is kind of slightly um, in limbo at the moment, um, but um, 
de- definitely the the series is the ill-mannered ladies series. That's fantastic. Ooh, exciting. Now, I always ask this question, what books are you reading right now that you would like to tell people about? Oh, you know what's happening in Australia at the moment is we're getting a great um, um, run of very, very good Australian crime um, novels written by women. Ooh. Uh, yes, yes. So, um, and there's, I think you might, you may have come or heard about Jane Harper, yes. who wrote Dry. My own friend who's just, who won the Ellen and Unwin, um, unpublished manuscript with her, her novel is The Unbelieved by Vicky Petratus, a more kind of, um, lighter toned one, but with a fascinating structure is The Woman in the Library by Solari Gentile. Yes. So yeah, so f- fabulous, um, reading there. Um, I'm also, I sometimes, uh, when I'm in deep in my writing, I don't go outside what I've read before. Um, yeah, I, I, I read books that I know are, are great, well written, um, that I can enjoy again. So I'm a rereader. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I'm, um, I'm reading the Thursday Murder Club series again because they are so much fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm writing, um, I suppose you'd call it, um, mine, it's, mine's not very cozy because there's a lot of, um, quite hard, gritty things in it right but it's got a cozy feel in the sense that it's humorous and there's a lot of a- adventure and and things like that so that's what i think of the thursday murder cub is like the epitome of cozy cozy crime um what else am i reading um always research 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 i love listening to books that i've read and enjoyed mm-hmm. as a form of rereading because it, it, I hear things differently than when I read them. And I'll, I'll notice different aspects of the story when I hear it versus when I read it. Um, so I, I have done, done a lot of rereading and re-listening this year too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what have you, what's your favorite one that's been popping up? I have been currently, I'm currently re-listening to the Veronica Speedwell series by Deanna Rayburn, which oh. is Victorian mystery with a long romance through all of the books. She's also a lepidopterist. She's, she travels the world and collects butterflies. She's like, like Gussie, very independent and functions outside of normal structure. But in the Victorian era where they were super uptight about that kind of thing, it's yeah, very, it, very good. So where can people find you if you wish to be found? I would like to be found. Okay, yes. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram, uh, which is Alison Goodman author. Yeah. And that's Alison with one L. And I'm also on Facebook, Alison Goodman author page. Um, I sometimes visit Twitter, but not often. Yeah, it's 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 burning itself to the ground very slowly. So yeah, everyone's yeah, going yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so occasionally, I, I, but mainly Instagram. Um, but also I have a website um, where I put events and things like that. Um, so that's at alisongoodman.com.au. Fabulous. Thank you so much for doing this interview. I've really, really enjoyed speaking with you and congratulations again. It's not, it's not, it's not the average writer who takes their PhD thesis and then turns it into a whole book series. That's pretty (laughs) awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great fun. And, uh, and yeah, as this interview has been, so thank you very much. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. 
And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I will have links to all of the books and all of the things. Never fear. They will be in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. I always end with a terrible joke, and this week is no exception. This joke comes from Varian in the podcast Discord. Did you know that if you join the Patreon, we have one of the most lovely, welcoming, and beautiful Discords? I mean, I'm biased, but it's wonderful. It's another reason to join the Patreon. But Varian, Varian provided this joke, and this joke is outstanding. What is the best time of day? Give up? What's the best time of day? 6.30, hands down. <laughs> Thank you, Arian. <laughs> yes, yes, I did torture my family with that joke. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast, Trashy Books is brought to you by the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.